0: Hello and welcome to Never Have I Ever Invested, a podcast brought to you by Make Impact, designed to help debunk and deconstruct your investment anxieties. Throughout this series, we will dismantle some of the dilemmas we face when starting to invest. With the help of various exciting, forward-thinking individuals, we will demystify the world of investing one topic at a time, helping you make the impact that you would like to leave on the world. This is the first series of three, um, and we're going to be focusing on investment stigmas.
1: And today I'm with Maiken, if you're able to introduce yourself. Sure, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm a 31-year-old single mother living in Copenhagen, and um, right now I'm trying to figure out what to do with my career. So I have a master's degree within IT and communication, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been working probably six years within this field, management consulting and project management, uh, from different private companies. Uh, but I have this strong passion for sustainability. Yeah, a lot of changes has happened in my life mm. um, the past year, and now I'm sort of really reflecting on which path to choose, and I find it a little challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um because i really want to spend you know all my professional time working with my passion. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. I also have a little daughter um mm. i'm living with and uh, yeah, what i mostly want is to give her a meaningful response when she asks um what i'm doing mm-hmm. every day <laughs> for so many hours at work. Well, it's lovely to
0: have you here today, and um, for the listeners, it would be nice to have like a little fun fact about yourself as well.
1: Yeah. So, for this part, I chose a investment-related fun fact um, yeah. from my first time in, uh, in the investment world, and um, I've always been working a lot. So, since I was like 12, 13, mm. I had different leisure jobs and managed to save up quite some money at age 15 then my dad talked to me about uh, investing That's and i crazy. thought okay this is <laughs> this is interesting let me do it and then um, i had i had literally no clue i was just looking at you know some newspaper list of companies and randomly chose something so i uh, split my 15000 krona between uh, nomes and um, amabanken which uh, Danes will know is a bank that crashed. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> someday, just a couple of years later, uh, I found out that the bank no longer existed and, yeah. you know, I wasn't really following the news or anything. I just really panicked because all of my money were gone, mm-hmm. uh, at least for that share. And, um, but then, luckily, Novozymes had doubled uh, in the same time. So, okay. over about five years or so, uh, my investment was safe. <laughs> but it was just sort of a... <laughs> Yeah. Being 15 at that and seeing that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, come back from this. <laughs> yeah, so I took quite a break after that mm. um, in investment-wise, but I also still find it uh, yeah, intriguing.
0: And obviously you have a, a passion about sustainability. So when did you first get interested in sustainability and really how has your interest grown in the sense of what interests you most about the field?
1: Um, I would say it's uh, really a, a single event kind of that sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. So I was living and working in Switzerland uh, in Zurich five years ago. Um, I was uh, yeah sent out from a Danish company mm-hmm. to a small consultancy agency in uh, in Zurich, and um, they had this really small uh, coffee kitchen um, where you can, you know, sit with your lunch or something. And they had this huge box in the corner, a carton box, where you could put in, you know, um, plastic bottles from bottled water. Mm. And the fun thing is that Zurich or Switzerland in general is the cleanest Mm. country in Europe um, tap Mm water-wise. So it was really just a joke that they were ordering this.
0: Bizarre. Bottled water um, yeah.
1: <laughs> in the first place. But it also turned into a competition among some colleagues because it was so hot during the summer mm-hmm. in the office, so who could drink most bottles? Um, and it just really started piling up. And I remember that day each week where, you know, the delivery man came with all the new, the fresh supplies, and you basically couldn't sit in that kitchen due to the plastic bottles and bottled water. Okay. And that and just really started... Annoying me to an extent where I couldn't sort of not see this huge amount of of unnecessary plastic use. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got back home to Denmark, I signed up um, as as a volunteer for the organization Plastic Change. Cool. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that just really started. uh, Yeah, my sustainability interest, Um, and since then it's been growing. So I also grew, you know, my network within sustainability and. Started, started some research on, you know, how bad is plastic mm-hmm. even, because I also listened quite a lot to uh, Selina Juhl, uh, yeah, the Madspil pioneer. Okay. And um, she actually mentioned, you know, some uh, situations where you, it's it's a good thing to have, like, compartmentalized food using plastic uh, packaging, for instance. So I've sort of broadened my view and... Yeah. Um, and also it's very hard to sort of just cut out plastic of your life yes, entirely. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course I tried that but I yeah. <laughs> it would also turn fanatic uh, quite quickly. So and then I, you know, yeah, read some books mm. like Factfulness by Hans Rosling, uh, which is really an eye opener. Recommend that one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean it's it's so insightful and 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 factful of course and Mm. it just broadens your perspective on so many things and how everything is correlated so we
0: hear the word sustainability a lot um and definitely at an increasing rate but its meaning especially in the business world uh is kind of obscured um and just very multifaceted to the point where it kind of becomes ambiguous at times, in the sense you don't always know what uh, agenda it's being used for, for a certain company, etc. So, this episode is really about understanding sustainability and so really getting to grips with its definition so that it can be successfully deployed as a guiding principle. Like, how can we uh, be sustainable with our investments if we don't actually understand what it is to be sustainable? So, have you always had the same definition of sustainability as has yours changed over time?
1: I would say that I'm still very concerned with the um, environmental leg of sustainability. Okay. Um, but I'm very aware that, you know, that many people talk about these three um, pillars. So you have the environmental aspect, but also the economic and social mm-hmm. as- aspect, and they are really correlated. Um, so also, you know, from a personal uh, perspective, I could go all in on some ngo volunteer work uh, for the environmental cause mm-hmm. but i'm if i'm not able to in financially sustain myself doing that then it's not sustainable it's a necessary uh, thing to to have money enough for instance um, but also socially uh, it has to work and and you need to take you know human rights into consideration when you do things and yeah.
0: This kind of is something that I can admit to. Mm. In the sense that I could say my definition has definitely evolved alongside me. I think this is quite like important to admit and that there's no real embarrassment in this, in the sense it's such a broad term. It'd be very surprising um, if we knew everything from the get-go, and I think that isn't really the point as well. Living more sustainably is definitely a continual journey of education and self-evaluation, and I think it's really important to reiterate that you don't need to know all the facts before you start acting, especially with it being a time-sensitive issue, because it's definitely an ongoing process, and you will evidently learn more things over time that will happen.
1: I just have to say, I really agree. and mm. and when you get into seeing it as a broader perspective and has have these yeah three or maybe there are more pillars than mm. that, um it can also get difficult to choose a focus area. Mm. Uh, so I would say you know just diving into something and and doing something in that area will also make a difference.
0: Um, so yeah, today is really all about understanding sustainability um, and how we can act on our values in our day-to-day life. Um, for more information on sustainable investing, be sure to check out the Make Impact app and club community. Uh, here you can kind of find information on the topic of sustainable investing in general, including um, more specific things like how to practically translate motivations into business investments, um, and we'll come on to this a little bit later. So, why are we hearing um, this buzzword so often? It seems like every company and most people really are kind of concerned with sustainability um, in their day-to-day life or just in a general sense. Why now, would you say?
1: Um, I think because of the the SDGs to a large extent. So, many Mm. people know about uh, the Sustainable Development Goals set by the UN – in 2015, and um, the Paris Agreement and governments have, you know, uh, declared their goals on this. Like in Denmark, we have the 70% Mm -hmm. uh, reduction goal by 2030. And um, I I believe that many people are starting or are feeling and have felt that for quite some time, you know, the urgency uh, of this matter. So we are five and a half years in, um, in these sustainable development goals, and we have... Yeah, a little less than 10 years left. So this is really, you know, the decade of action as many people talk about. But I also believe that we have uh, quite some voices out there like Greta Thunberg, uh, Mm. for instance. But um, we also have in the news, you know, these climate catastrophe events that we hear about. So um, I think what's also happening now in um, professional businesses is that uh, they start to realize that green is the new black Mm -hmm. and they really need to to put in uh, some money in this agenda and uh, and they also want to yeah have their share of the cake so uh, (laughs) they're putting in efforts um, which is also a, a reason that we see some greenwashing and kind of like moving
0: forward of like putting sustainability in like a business frame how would you define Sustainable development, which is like the goal in which these SDGs are kind of working towards.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I would say to put it very simply, um, sustainable development is development within human, economic, and planetary boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan Tyler, he developed a model called the Donut Model, mm-hmm. where the idea is that you know everything you do has to. To stay within the boundaries of the donut that you you take into consideration, um, what kind of boundaries do mm-hmm. we need to to look at uh, in our development? And what is um, yeah new in this aspect is that historically businesses uh, aim for for growth, right? Yeah, and they talk about year on year growth, and they want to expand further, and they just have you know it has to be bigger, faster, cheaper, whatever. Yeah. yeah each year and it's just uh, it's just not sustainable Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not saying that you know there can be no growth because we need that but but it has to be more conscious. The extent to which it is at the moment is yeah. Yeah exactly and and you cannot continue growing if you're not uh, looking into uh, how you exploit resources. Um,
0: Are there any goals that you particularly align with
1: or feel strongly about? Uh, yeah, so surely there is, and and when they first got out, I actually thought, okay, so why do we have the sixteen other others when it's actually only number thirteen that matters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had this really singular focus on, on climate action because I also really felt the urgency, and I was watching all these documentaries, you know, showing how bad uh, this state our um, oceans are in mm. and stuff like this. So I, I really had a hard time, um, really just. You know, understanding the need for, yeah, all the other ones. Um, but now with my developed uh, sustainability uh, <laughs> understanding, um, I, I really can say that all the goals are important. Yeah. Um, but in line with with my former plastic obsession, I'm, I'm still very much into number thirteen and fourteen, which is climate action and uh, life below water. Um, but I also really. Care deeply about number 17 um, because it's about the partnerships, and mm-hmm. that's really essential. Because if we're not working together in this cross-sectional, cross sectional, um, cross politicians, and you know, businesses going beyond the nation state, yeah, exactly. Then we're not going to go very far. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's a popular saying that if you want to go fast, go alone, mm-hmm. if you want to go far, go together. <laughs> um, so, that's really key, uh, I think. Um, for, for all of the goals and, yeah, the work that's being done. Um, and this might sound like a
0: really um, basic question, but why be sustainable? Because obviously we kind of forget that some people don't live sustainable lives. So why is it important um, and why do we need
1: sustainability? That's a really, really good uh, question. And I think, yeah, it would be good if, if a lot more people were <laughs> thinking about that. Um, but I would say that we cannot uh, be without it. Mm -hmm. So simply we cannot exist continuously if if we don't think about this now. If we are not living sustainably and and keep, you know, growing out of of limits, we will destroy our own fundament of of living on this planet. Mm. Um yeah, but, but what's really tough about it is that it doesn't, you know, impact our lives right now or yeah. in the foreseeable future. So, I mean, you and I, we will be able to live our lives until we die and not think about this. Um, it's the idea of owing it to future generations and yeah. friendship. So it's really a matter of, of gaining this bigger perspective and mm. and thinking outside of your yourself and your own ego uh, to act and live sustainably. And what would you say kind of are the
0: key components to living sustainably from like a day to day basis,
1: yeah. So that's also uh, quite a big question, and I could definitely touch upon, you know, uh, some some interesting comments within all of the seventeen goals. Mm. Um, but but my view on this is, yeah, it, you have to be able to sustain yourself mm-hmm. and your family, uh, both financially and and socially, by using as few of nature's resources uh, as possible, and and this is also what most people are concerned about, right? So Mm. can I afford uh, living in this house or how is it going with my children's school or whatever? But if you also take this third leg into consideration about how uh, am I actually using nature's resources, so how much food am I throwing out, for instance, um, Mm. and wasting, that's an interesting question and good if you could think about that too. Personally, I think a lot about how little I actually need in my life, Consumption in mm-hmm. Danish is forbrug, mm-hmm. And if you switch the first and, and latter part of that word, it's yeah. bro for, okay. so need for. Okay. And if you start asking yourself, what yeah. do you actually need? Yeah. Then you don't have to buy, you know, the newest... Uh, clothing line Completely. from from whatever fast mm-hmm. fashion brand mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so instead you need to take a look in your closet and and maybe review okay so how many uh, trousers do i still have that are, are working perfectly fine yeah do i really need to buy these new ones uh, that yeah. just came out just because they have a new color or there's a slightly different part yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but that's really something we're also up against right because this. Uh, yeah, trending and mode, you would say in Danish, but what is in style uh, for this season. But but that's also some of the things where I conflict a little bit because of course I wanna look smart. Yeah. And I'm, I'm young and single yeah, of and, course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I also really wanna take care of yeah, my resources. And I really wanna like add, I'm
0: someone that is quite passionate about like anti fast fashion. Yes yeah. <clears throat> and kind of just touching and expanding on that point that you said we are completely brainwashed into thinking consumption our levels of consumption are normal the waste framework directive from the EU, for example is about kind of follows the precautionary and prevention principle which means to stop generating waste in the first place Mm. Um, and this has existed since like say 2008 Mm. um, and fast fashion has completely boomed in those the past like 10 years we need to Destigmatize how our consumption patterns at a global level are very unhealthy, um, and it's definitely increasing.
1: Or jeans. is there another way of, of getting what I want, right? Exactly. So personally, I've been facilitating some uh, clothing swap markets yeah, yeah. where I live, which has been very popular, of a really course. good idea. Yeah, under the pandemic, we've not been able to do it. But I also see, you know, more and more secondhand shops uh, mm. popping up. And uh, I have a friend who's a designer and she's really, you know, into slow fashion. Mm. So, of course, she knew, she uses sometimes new fabrics, but then she produces everything by hand and it's a little more expensive. But I also really think that if you buy something that you put a little bit more money in and, yeah. and you really care about and it's really good quality. Yeah. Then you're also keeping really. it for longer and, and yeah, caring more about it. You know, looking into what I actually need, it mm-hmm. also it's really been it's it's developed to be a hobby for me mm. to um, saving up you know, money on the side, mm-hmm. and then investing it instead. So mm-hmm. it's really like a victory for me every time I avoid buying a to-go coffee or I see, I see. something okay. like that. And yeah. and you know, my friends are laughing sometimes. It's like, okay, Mike, and come on, it's like thirty-five <laughs> kroner. It doesn't really matter. But you know, if you if you add up thirty-five kroner, okay, I wouldn't buy it every day. But let's say every other day. Yeah. Over a month it's like Oh completely it's habit. a lot of money, right? Yeah. So, Coffees are expensive. Yeah, definitely. As well. Yeah. <laughs> so so every time you can, you know, just save a little bit and then it piles up. Mm. And then maybe you can be, buy some some stocks for like a thousand krona and you see them grow. So do you have any
0: recommendations for someone that is passionate about achieving the SDGs? Like how can we kind of gain agency in this? I know you mentioned um, with uh, putting money aside um, and putting that into stocks, but kind of how do you translate these goals
1: um, into everyday life? Mm. That's also a really good question. And it's something I'm, I'm I wouldn't say struggling, but but very uh, concerned about myself mm. uh, or occupied with. And besides, you know, voting for the world you want with your money, because you, you need to realize that every time you spend money, you are casting a vote. Mm-hmm. So if you are buying let's say, clothing from a fast fashion brand, you are also supporting, you know, yeah. really low-paid uh, labor in, in foreign countries. You can choose differently. You have a choice. But uh, I would also say that, you know, a good thing and a good exercise would be to take sort of a 360-degree a uh, look at your life. So for me, you know, I'm... I'm a single woman. I'm a consumer. I'm a mom. I'm, I go to work when mm. I have a job, and you know what? What can I do in those areas mm-hmm. um, and within my hobbies? And and also, you know, there's a lot you can do in your workplace. Mm. Uh, so, like, talk to to finance about pension options because are a lot of companies now looking into to greener pensions, mm-hmm. um, and and money is really something that moves things right so money is power and you know danes uh the pension schemes it's it's huge but you know i would say go about it with this yeah focus on what's what's within your power really it it starts with each and every one of us and and you need to look internally first right Mm. and how can you kind of encourage friends and family
0: to think the same like i know how we're talking about being like one person it can be quite overwhelming so how do you kind of get friends and family on board without being, I don't want to say pushy, but like, you know, where they find it a bit overbearing.
1: Mm, Yeah, and that's really a a fine balance, right? Yeah, and I would say (laughs) I've also been in a place where I've been called pushy and Mm. and annoying and that's really not a nice label to have and and then you actually don't... Yeah, it's disheartening. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and people actually start to create distance because Mm. they're actually offended by Mm. what you suggest. (laughs) You really need to to do it in an inspiring way and in and in a way that where you make people interested. So what I also do is you know cook uh, vegetarian meals without telling people that it's without meat, <laughs> and then they eat it and they're like, oh wow, this is really delicious. And where did where can I find the recipe? And I'm like, yeah, yeah this is this on this website or this is this blog. And. Um, and then they try something out, right? So, for instance, my dad, he's, he's cooking all kinds of vegetarian yeah. dishes. And he really never cooked anything in his life uh, yeah. besides, you know, frozen fries in the oven and stuff yeah. like that. So, it's really a big uh, achievement, I mm. would say. And, and also the compliments I get from him. And, and he bought an electric car. And, you know, so eventually he is changing yeah. and taking in stuff. But yeah, I would say try to to be inspiring. And then sometimes you can also just, you know, tell about what you do without Mm -hmm. saying you need to do this or try this. Just simply exposure to it. Yeah, Yeah. we have these uh, citizen suggestions in Denmark, uh, where if you gain like 50,000 signatures Mm -hmm. online, um, the government needs to pay attention to this suggestion. You don't have to say, okay, so go in and sign this. Uh, It's really important, but... You know, just mention that that's something you did. And then people Mm -hmm. might... Normalizing to be
0: active and, you know, keeping institutions accountable. And, like, speaking of that, without being too bleak, we are depleting the Earth resources. um, And once these are entirely depleted, powerful companies who depend on these will have to rethink. Like, if we think about oil, I can't remember the specific term, but, like, we can estimate how much there is, but we're not completely certain. So, like, Uh we could run out... Yeah. Like in the next like 15, 20 years. And then it's going to be a whole like, okay, we have to start from the beginning again. Yeah. A kind of sustainable investment is about managing that risk and long-term risk and kind of paving for something that is more sustainable. And yeah, we've seen that sustainable companies have been a lot more profitable um, and resilient through periods of turmoil. COVID is kind of testament to this. And yeah, there aren't, many negatives in sustainably investing if you're going to invest it is definitely a profitable avenue to go down if you're looking at it
1: specifically from like a business perspective mm, yeah and i would also add to what you just said mm. um jessica that a lot or more people are actually starting to say that you know if you are not investing sustainably uh it's a bad thing yeah so it's it's actually it can be less profitable to not uh, invest sustainably. So that actually, we are at a point where this is starting to really turn um, and, and shift the focus in the whole investment uh, industry. Or.
0: It just feels like such like an opportunity. Like there are so many companies that will grow out of it. That, mm. Like why would you invest in something that you know is yeah damaging and yeah. not
1: sustainably friendly? And that's a really cool uh, development because it, it makes people open their eyes mm. to this being more than just an opportunity, that it, it's completely necessary. But you're actually starting to become a loser if you invest in, like, mm. weapons and, mm. yeah. So have you um,
0: ever made a sustainable investment?
1: Yeah, Um I definitely have. That was actually when I sort of picked up in investing again. Mm. <laughs> so uh, in my late 20s, I thought, okay, so this could actually be great. And what if I happen to pick only Novozymes um, shares, metaphorically speaking? Yeah, so one of the first sustainable shares I fell upon is um, the STG Invest, which is a fund, I think. Mm. They changed, so in the beginning, you had to buy directly from them, and the entry was like 10,000 Danish kroner, and Mm. you get like one piece of paper for that. Uh, But then it it went on on the actual stock exchange, and you could buy it, you know, through whatever platform you were using. I sold them two years ago, I think, Mm. with quite a profit. Yeah, but, but I think it's really tricky, especially to pick out the right ones, because there are some studies or index. I mean, if you ask them, even Vestas or Örstels, companies like those companies are not even sustainable to mm. their notion. So I would also say it's a personal thing to to consider what you find to be sustainable. But what I like to do is, you know, do a, a bit of research and also, if you can, I mean, look into to the government of this company. So, I try to follow the ESG guidelines, so mm-hmm. the environmental, social, and governance mm-hmm. ex- aspects. Because a company can be very well-functioning um, environmentally and and socially. But if the governance, I mean, the management is, yeah. is really bad, it's yeah. not going to be a good investment, yeah. right? Yeah, now there are coming more and more of these index funds that have a sustainable focus. And and at least, you know, in, in their fact sheet, I can say, see that, you know, they are not investing in any companies that deal with oil or gas or weapons and drugs and stuff like this. Yeah, you have to ask yourself, is this good enough for me? Or do you really want some, someone who's dedicated within a specific area? And when
0: talking about investment, I think a really important topic to talk about is greenwashing. It's definitely prevalent we're seeing it increase Um, and this is kind of when a company actively markets themselves as environmentally friendly then actually spending time minimizing their environmental and social impact so kind of how prevalent would you say greenwashing is and do you think this will grow or decrease Mm.
1: it can easily be used as a disguise Mm -hmm. for other bad um I might excel in one and then <clears throat> completely ignore the exactly. other. Exactly, and I'm concerned that it's growing mm-hmm. uh, because of this urgency that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So it's really a trend now to be green, which is a good thing because of it's course, really important, yeah. but it also creates this need for, for both people and businesses to, to be a part of the green wave, right? And if you're not able to fundamentally change your, the core of your business or you have a business that's just really out of line with a sustainable agenda, it's, it's a lot easier and faster to sort of pretend um, that you're green or, you know, put out some great brand communication and Yeah. So a, a wise person once told me uh, recently, actually, that that people rarely change; they just just get better at hiding who they truly are. That's also for the reason that that's a lot easier. I mean, mm. take a a company like Ala Foods, right? It's a dairy company. Okay. They're huge. Oh, Ala. Yeah, Ala. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I worked for them, so I think it's okay for me to talk about. them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm quite, um, yeah, I've split in my opinion about them because it, it's really a, a nice workplace, and you know I have a lot of sympathy for what they do for all mm. the farmers out there. But but basically, producing milk is not a sustainable business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I recently read this column. I think it was in Berlingske by Peter Tuborg, mm-hmm. their uh, CEO, uh, talking about how how milk is actually part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And, you know, this is really, it just really stinks um, in the way that in, instead of being willing to look at your core business and yeah. what would really matter, right, is is to ask the farmers at some point, you know, to just change um, yeah. their production yeah. into plant-based milk. Yeah, You know, long-term speaking, I'm not talking about this tomorrow. is a, tomorrow on overnight <laughs> shift because it's a huge, huge transformation. It's gonna take a lot of time. Mm. But eventually, I mean that's the the most sustainable thing you could do. And there's a lot of things involved in this, you know, like culture and mm-hmm. history and yeah economic mm-hmm. aspects. I think maybe the, the better thing for a company like, like them would be yeah. to keep quiet. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a really bad thing to go out and, and say how green you are when mm. you're not really in your core. Yeah. And it's definitely frustrating
0: because we're kind of having these messages thrown at us left, right and center. So it's very difficult to distinguish going back to fashion again that I don't know if you've seen the recent H&M campaign it's about them using recycled materials which obviously is great they have banks where you can like go and like take uh, old H&M clothing mm. and give it back but they still use sweatshops yeah. and there is child labor so it's all just like it's very difficult like a company can't change overnight but it is better to support those that really are actively taking steps to change rather than disguising, I don't know, putting out these like sustainable slogans and mm. then continuing on with practices that aren't actually sustainable.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I you, you must also give Ada the credit that, they are actually optimizing the way mm-hmm. that they produce milk. So mm-hmm. Peter Tubor's, um claim in this article is they have optimized each cow to deliver more milk. So they use fewer cows for this for the same amount of of milk produced, mm-hmm. which is of course a great thing. Mm-hmm. But I can't help thinking, you know, what about the cows that have to deliver so much milk? And is mm-hmm. that even naturally for them to do? And and so on. But yeah, but you definitely have to praise, you know, as you say, oh, yeah, companies yeah, yeah. taking these steps in the right direction. But that's also why um, a company like Ørsted can be rated as a not sustainable company because they are still in this transition mm. of, you know, closing down the last uh, non-sustainable energy Productions mm. um, and and that's a process. I mean, mm. but it's also back to the beginning of what we talked about. It's about doing something rather than exactly exactly. It's a process and an yeah. ongoing process. But and I think it would be really um, great to see, just to, to stick to the Ala example, um, to to see Ala you know opening up a new department, producing plant based milk because mm. there's so much uh, market share out there to gain, mm. and you you are seeing companies like Naturally. uh, growing a lot Mm -hmm. and and they're really taking up shelf space now Mm. even in like factor or Netto And that's it for
0: today Thank you Maiken for joining me today Uh, I feel a lot more grounded on what sustainability is um, and how to be more engaged with it on a day-to-day basis I hope that you guys listening at home feel the same way Uh, So yeah, thank you for listening as always um, and we will see you next time on Never Have I Ever Invested. Bye.